The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto him, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulchre. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulchre, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. This is the gospel of the Lord. Gracious God, bless now the words of my lips and the meditation of all our hearts. Breathe your spirit into us and grant that we may hear and in hearing be led in the way you want us to go. Amen. Please be seated. There are a lot of people who do not know how to live without excitement without stimulation, without getting on with the work in hand. Perhaps some of us here this evening are one of those. In some ways, I'm like that, but I can assure you that in my most enjoyable and fulfilling, fulfilling ministry here at St. Stephen's, I am never short of things to learn and do. Whether it comes from pleasure or from crisis, Many of us thrive on activity, on doing things, on solving problems, on finalizing things, dealing with matters that we feel are important, making sure everything is happening. The time that exists between one crisis or another, between one activity or another, is often regarded by such people as dead time, a time that is lost, time that is unimportant, time that maybe doesn't count. And even if we are not adrenaline addicts, we find it difficult sometimes, hard to face a period of time in which not much is happening, a period of time in which we must wait for a promise to be fulfilled or perhaps an event that we are looking forward to taking place. Today's reading from Colossians and indeed our gospel reading, tells us how the disciples found themselves in this kind of situation. How they found themselves having to face a period in which they would just have to wait for Christ's promise to them to come true. St. Paul urges the disciples to purge themselves of their sins, seven in number, to practice a new life, a risen life, in a very practical way. 
And as my mother always said about my four active and impatient brothers, bless her soul, just keep men busy. After his glorious resurrection, Jesus visited with his disciples on several occasions. He taught them, he encouraged them, he commissioned them to get on with the job in hand. Then, on the day of his ascension into heaven, when they were anxiously asking him when his kingdom would be established, when the next installment of the divine plan would take place, Jesus tells them that it is not for them to know the times or periods established by God, but that they should go back to Jerusalem and wait. Wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Wait for the power they would need to witness him there in Judea and all of Samaria, and ultimately in all the world. For many, waiting is a dreadful thing. Just ask any child. But it doesn't have to be like this. Living between times, living between occasions in which all of our minds and hearts and energy are absorbed in important matters can, in fact, be quite wonderful. It can be this very evening for all of us individually or as a worshipping community of which we are here today at St. Stephen's, a pause that refreshes, a time in which we can get stronger in our faith, a time in which we can quietly grow together so we are prepared for whatever will come next. And very soon, tomorrow, Easter Sunday, will bring us the great good news again. God knows that we too all need periods of rest, and I include all clergy in this, periods of waiting, time in which we can be changed, refreshed and renewed, just as we renewed our baptismal vows a moment ago. And God provides to us these periods, which are times to recharge, Time in which we can be strengthened, ready and prepared for the way, the truth and life ahead from this day forward, our own spiritual or actual pilgrimage of faith. And it is our gospel reading that heads us directly to the empty tomb and a time of intense action on Easter Day. On the first day of the week, it was Mary Magdalene who was the first to come to the tomb to pay her last tribute to a dead body. The disciples thought that everything had finished in tragedy. Neither were ready to see an empty tomb and hear the angel's message. Is it any small wonder that it was the women rather than the apostles who first witnessed the empty tomb and the resurrected Lord? The 7th century father Isidore of Seville says, as a woman, Eve was first to taste death. So a woman, Mary Magdalene, was first to taste life. Our gospel reading also represents a fulsome account of the word of God who became flesh and dwelt among us and who died and rose for our salvation. John was the first apostle to reach the tomb of Jesus on Sunday morning. What did John see in the tomb that led him to believe in the resurrection of Jesus? It was certainly not a dead body. The dead body of Jesus would have disproven the resurrection and made his death a tragic conclusion 
to a glorious career as a great teacher and miracle worker. When John saw the empty tomb, he must have recalled Jesus' prophecy that he would rise again after three days. Through the gift of his faith, John realized that no tomb on earth could contain the Lord and giver of life. One thing is certain. If Jesus had not risen from the dead and appeared to the disciples, we would never have heard of him. But he did. And in this perspective, waiting is a positive thing. The time between the making of a promise and its fulfillment. It is a time which is or can be highly beneficial to us all. And all of us here this evening, we have heard of Jesus. We can keep our faith and trust in him. And we know that no tomb could have contained Christ forever when we have so much to evidence of him in our worship and prayers, especially as we shall very shortly profess our faith. In this time in between, as we await a new Easter day, may our eyes be fixed on this present moment that God has given us, and let us listen and pray what it is he wants us to do in his name. And let us encourage others not to remain in the time between, but to come part of this body for Christ. Love's redeeming work is done, and thine will again be the glory. Risen, conquering Son.